Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Long Talk. Hi, I'm Paul, your host, and you're here on New Zealand Sport Radio. And today I have an absolute treat. This is this is an interview I've been trying to get for four or five years now, um, and finally I've landed in. So this is this is uh, this is an exciting day for me, um, and it is Junior Poliunangna. Oh, I hope that's not too far off. <laughs> not a bad effort, bro. <laughs> I was chatting with a, a friend of mine, um, Stephen Harris, who does some. Um, uh, comment, some radio, com- some rugby commentary for uh, well, for what used to be radio sport, uh, and um, he was saying that yeah, most of the uh, commentators just uh, basically chicken out and go right, just calling him Junior. We're not going to bother with the <laughs> bother with the other <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> um, so, what what is your first rugby memory? How how did you? What, what's your uh, first uh, time? Yeah, you first rugby ball? memory would be. Um, of me back in primary school, uh, we didn't. I went to. I attended Saint Joseph's um, Catholic Primary School in Oruhu, mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't have our own rugby team. So, um, in order for us to play rugby on the Saturday, we had to go under a club, and uh, we went under Maris Saint Pat's, and um, the trainings were held at Oruhu Primary School, which was uh, about a twenty-minute walk from from Saint Joe's. So. We all used to um, go together after school, uh, a group of us, and, and um, go and train there. I was, I would have been about, um, would have been about eight, seven, seven, seven years old, seven, eight. We used to walk down there with a, a couple of parents and, and train, and then, and then play on Saturday. So yeah, we, uh, I started off playing, playing under under Marist. I was chatting with um, uh, Junior Hachilofa in. Uh who's over in the UK at the moment working with the um, Pacific uh, Players Association. But, um, mm. And he was saying that when he started play, when he started his first session when he was like like four or five and it was it was full contact. So we, was it full contact back then when you were playing? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it was. No, absolutely. It was, uh, it was full contact. We, uh, we were going, uh, I remember uh, when I was about five or six, we weren't playing for any rugby team. We were, we were heavily involved with the church and the youth and... Um, when all the parents were inside the hall having a church meeting, where all the kids were outside playing full-on uh, contact rugby, <laughs> so uh, so yeah, um, now we were exposed to that um, quite early when we were when we were young. Just um, yeah, very different. Imitating what we saw on TV. Very different to how it's done done nowadays. Where when I drop my yeah <laughs> I, yeah very different. When I drop my girls off at um, uh, they go to. Uh, um, at primary school in Sylvia Park, uh, and when I drop them off, it's all the kids playing touch. There's no, yeah, there's not. They're not playing, not playing full, not playing full contact there. Um, <laughs> were, were you also one of these uh, part of a family that would be getting up in the middle of the night to watch overseas test matches and um, yeah, and that yep. kind of stuff as well? With Absolutely. So yeah, so um, my dad was a was a massive fan. He used to um, invite a lot of the men from church over to watch a um, Aussie and and All Blacks. So that's one of my earliest memories of. Of the watching the Bledisloe Cup test, and uh, he was a big fan of Michael Jones. And then also during the '91 World Cup, um, when that was on, we used to, to get up and watch uh, Manusa Moore play 
um, and the All Blacks play as well. So, yeah, my dad um, always got us up and up early to, to watch those games. Um, so that was, yeah, one of the earliest memories I remember of watching, watching um, uh, rugby on TV. Oh, it sounds very similar. So um, a, 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 a man who's uh, wearing or was recently wearing your the same jersey as you, Dwayne um, Poliativo, who I talked to mm. um, a couple of weeks ago, he he was saying that, yeah, that, that 91 Rugby World Cup was a big memory for him. They were one of the few Samoan families who had a TV, so they had a massive, that everyone came around to their house to watch it. It sounds like it's similar with you. You had lots of, lots of yeah. people around, crammed into the living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was really fun. And, and that's how a lot of our, our childhood memories um, was created because all the um, all the men that were over, all their kids were over as well. And we'll be outside playing rugby in our backyard and then all the men will be in front of the TV um, watching the game and drinking beers and, and things like that. So, yeah, really a lot of fond memories of my time back then. Cool. And then uh, so you came up through the, the North Harbour um, system? Uh, no, so um, Auckland. I went to school in uh, in Auckland, De La Salle College. Uh, played all my Auckland rep uh, age group stuff um, uh, in Auckland, um, and then um, headed first, over to first fifteen as well in, in high school. Yeah, first fifteen. Yeah, uh, for De La Salle, and then got a academy contract with Auckland uh, when I left school. Um, so I was in the Auckland academy for a couple of years, and then. Um, was in line, yeah, and then played for the Auckland Water squad before um, heading over to Sydney for a season in, oh. in 03, yeah, 2003. So that was our third year out of school. And then so who 2004, did you, who did you that's play for over in, over in Sydney? Uh, played for Southern Districts. Um, is that Shoot Shield? In the Shoot Shield, yeah, in Shoot Shield. So I still keep, uh, keep tabs on him, and they're doing really well, so it's awesome to see. Yeah, and then um, spent a season there in 03, then came back in 04 and went over to Harbour and played for Messi. Yeah. So, yeah, so Massey's the, uni- the the university side? The rugby club. Oh, oh the rugby, no, the club. rugby club. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, rugby, the rugby club. club. Um, so, yeah, spent a few years there. And then your big big break in uh, in 2006 with the, not not only getting into the Blues, but also the your, your first sort of big overseas tour. Yeah, um... What did we do? Pacific, you, you, it's, well, uh, look, looking at, I mean, I'm running off Wikipedia here, so it might not be right. The other yeah. day, I yeah. um, the other day, it's no, said yes. no, 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 country. that's right. But, um, uh, you, we had that, um, we had Pacific that Island PI tour, tour in, in um, 2006, and uh, that was awesome. Pat Lamb was coaching that team. Um, we had, yeah, I wish they kept that concept going because it was awesome for PI rugby, and uh, we played Wales. At Millennium, and then we were the last game to be played at um, at Lansdowne Road um, in Ireland, so that was the last ever Test match there. Um, and then we played Scotland as well, so uh, we didn't win any games, but uh, we were pretty competitive. It was pretty hard. We just got together and met each other for the first time, or oh, some of some of us for the first time, beginning of the week. Um, but well, this, yeah, this was before you'd yeah. This is so. This was before you'd actually represented Samoa. So this was your first taste of yes, international right. rugby. Yeah. So um, that uh, that was that's all was mainly for guys that were that had either played for Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, or um, guys that were going to consider playing for those island nations because of the 07 World Cup the following year. So Michael Jones got a hold of Pat Lamb and asked if I could come along because he was uh, looking at me to be part of the World Cup squad. The following year, so yeah, it's pretty fortunate. So, I, I, one of the reasons I think that that didn't continue was that the the individual nations were uh, Samoa, um, Tonga, and Fiji were, were a bit worried that they would lose their kind of in, individual um, uh, rights, and they would end up being just merged as permanently as just Pacific Islands. So, but but you th- you think actually it was a, it was a good concept that they sh- that we should. Yeah, well, well, they, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, especially to try and promote uh, promote the game, and and you could possibly have it like it's a barbast or have it every four years. Um, put put a team together every three or four years, maybe not every year, but uh, it's definitely something you know worth having and and including that into the uh, into the calendar for November. Well, actually, mm. so what they should do is. Um kind of yeah in lions tour years it's 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 it's, it's yeah, the, the, pacific, right. the pacific version of the lions 
go up, have a, an extended tour, play a few midweek mm. games. Yeah, that'd absolutely. Be, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah. And I think you get the fans behind it. Now, so quick, uh, as, as, as a lot of world rugby people are saying, now is a good time for, for resets. Perhaps we need to mm. quickly email um, Oscar, um, Augustus P, uh, P Show. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. What, so one of the points in here is that you, you apparently you've got a few offers then from a couple of European teams, but uh, and this, but it's um, not to go. Yes, so uh, Bath had approached me, and uh, was it uh, Leeds as well um, after that tour? So um, I decided not to go. I had to come back because I was still contracted with uh, North Harbour as well, um, and I wanted to come back in and because um, it was going to be a big year with the. 2007 World Cup, so um, I decided to come back and um, finish that uh, finish that year off with um, with Harbour, and that led straight into the the Rugby World Cup um, in 07. Um, then after that, that's when um, got offered a, a gig over in Toulon um, after the World Cup. Uh, which so, is, that, so that's me. That, that's Toulon in the days of sort of. Yeah, Johnny Wilkinson. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. So before that, we were in the uh, second division in the Pro de Deux. So we won that, and then we got uh, the club got promoted into the top fourteen. So I was there when all the other big stars that from the '07 World Cup um, were finishing up, and they all ended up in, in Toulon as well. So the likes of Gregan, Matt Field, Anton Oliver, Merdens, uh, to name a few. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris and, Rousseau, and, 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 and uh, somehow you won Division Two with those people. I wonder how. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there wasn't much French being spoken at training. It was all, all English. Uh, um, so um, yeah, we had a translator there uh, for the Frenchies because um, there were more foreigners than Frenchies back then. But um, yeah, we uh, had an incredible year, awesome ex- experience playing playing in that division. Um, and the fans and the and the support and the crowd and and the whole community was absolutely amazing all the time. Oh, there's uh, the, the the stories of their stadium and the this, this, the the way they sing their the um, mm. the club song before the game. Yeah, and it's supposed to be fan- uh, 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 the way that the because you, you you also walk to the stadium, don't you, through the crowds, uh, the whole yep. atmosphere, the whole yeah, the community really gets into. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a massive events each day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That so it's a they call it the Piru Piru uh, song, and um, when the team's getting to getting ready to walk through the tunnel, you, you have the owner on the mic in the middle of the field. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Morad. Yeah. yeah, he's got the mic and he's leading the song, and then he's just see the veins popping out of his neck because he's real passionate about it. He's, he's it, a character. Uh, is yeah, he is. Yeah, 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 <laughs> he is. <laughs> so you've had yep. some, uh, ext- yeah. Some um, pretty out of it meetings with him, team meetings with him um, throughout that season. Yep, uh, you had some interest, yeah, because I, yeah, we, I mean, he's famous. I mean, his, some of some of the comments he's made, sort of again, Julian Surveyor's been on the end of a few of his comments yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's um, uh, it, it, yeah, yes, yeah, I bet, I bet it was. And, any stories that you're allowed to tell, or is that uh, or, or one? Uh, to... No, no, there's what there's there is one that stood out, and uh, Andrew Andrew Murden's, um uh, spoke about it as, as well. So he mentioned it um, in the media. Um, so it was uh, we had a game uh, being played away. We needed to win that game to try and um, secure our, our place at the top. Um, and that would have been four games before the season had ended. And uh, after our captain's run, we uh, Tana said we had a meeting inside. Uh, we all thought it was with Tana, but it was actually with the uh, with the owner Morat. And so we were in the changing room, and then uh, he came storming in. And um, he started off real calm, collected, and then went absolutely mental and started threatening to rip all our contracts up if, um, if we uh, didn't win that game because he really wanted us to try and put it away so we didn't have to worry about it because um, we did have uh, one one half game against Metro um, in that last part. So, yeah, he was uh, you know going off his head and pointing at us and threatening to rip our contracts up. He didn't care who we were. He didn't care if you had played one test or 100 tests. He didn't didn't care if we, uh, we were going to take the club to court. He just said that we needed to win that game or there's going to be no one playing for Toulon the following year. So, 
Yeah, we just all, after that, when you walked out, we just all looked at each other and we were like, far out, man, this guy's absolutely crazy. But there's no <laughs> doubt that, you know, yeah, that uh, we were going to win because we were pretty confident and we had been playing really well. Yep. Um, and, it, and it wasn't uh, one of the hard, harder teams that we were playing against on, on that Saturday. He just really wanted us to secure that so then he, you know, could take a bit of pressure off him as well. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. He did have a fallout with uh, Anton Oliver as well um, towards the end. Wow. Yeah, so um, uh, they didn't yeah work well together. The um, well, that's a, that's that's crazy stuff. The um, one one of the kind of reputations in, or, or the cliches around France is that they basically they try for their home games. They don't try so much for away games. Did you experience that? That sometimes that the away games were kind of not as important. Yeah, well, because it was a long season, um, and um, over there, you know, the home team must win. Yeah. Um, according to the fans, and I think that's just been part of their tradition. But because we had Tana as coach, it, he, he didn't make it like that. It was like every game, you know, we've got to win. And uh, uh, there are times where he was forced to, you know, rest some key players because of the of the long season. Uh, but we, yeah, we went up there, you know, wanting to wanting to win every game. But you could obviously see that uh, when we did play at home, uh, that a second string team from the opposition would be lining up against us, and you know kind of take take away the, the you know the whole integrity of the match but um it is what it is over there and uh, and it's yeah it's it's expected and that's what it, what it's like when you're when you're playing home and away send your send your strong team or your strong team when you're playing at home and then send you know a weaker team yeah it's mm. a, it's a it's a very different culture that i think that, that a lot of us really kind of uh, understand yeah. um mm. So you, you, from there, you moved across to to Harlequins, who I think have, uh, in my yeah. view, have the nicest jerseys in rugby. Um, <laughs> the... yeah. yeah, So, um, so yeah. After that, after that experience in Toulon, I actually had signed another year, um, but um, I got screwed over by by Marat. So it wasn't only me; it was Nathan Major as well. Um, uh, X for All Black and yep. a few other players, and apparently he had done that in the past, so he had promised contracts and and stuff. Um, so we had a meeting before I had left at the end of the season, and we, my agent and and Mora, you know, they both verbally agreed to a contract, and we were trying to chase them up so I could sign up before I had left, and time was running out, and you know, it was time for us to fly out, and he promised my agent that he'll send the contract through and send it over to New Zealand. And then after um, arriving back in the country, a couple of weeks later after that, I got a phone call from my from my agent, and he said, "Oh, fuck. you know, apologise and said, look, Morad's you know done what he's done to other players in the past. He's he said no, he's he's changed his mind." And uh, that actually, yeah, I was pretty shattered after that because uh, we had left everything that we had bought over there, expecting to go back. Um, and then, yeah, things quickly, you know, all, all of a sudden changed. My son was born over in France as well. So when we came back, he was only like three months old. Um, so had to quickly, you know, try and find another gig. And that's when the, the Harlequins gig popped up. Um, so I managed, I actually managed in between that time, between Toulon and Harlequins, managed to uh, play for Auckland in the, the Maritain Cup. Um, so squeezed in a couple of games there. They're struggling for injuries, and Pat Lamb gave me a call and, and said if I was keen, I said, "Oh yeah, why not?" Yep. So yeah, played for Auckland, and then uh, went over to Harlequins, and um, that was McEvans. Um, yeah, fresh at the club as well. His first the... year, okay, because I mean, he obviously he became <laughs> a legend. Um, at the yeah, club, the club legend there. Um, but that that situation, you look, you, you, you're a brand new dad. You've 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 got your stuff in France. You suddenly don't have a contract. Um, a lot of teams. I mean, nowadays I think it's it's some more more advanced. So perhaps not so much then. But a lot of teams will have sort out their their business for next season, the Christmas before. So about mm. sort of eight months beforehand. The available spaces at that suddenly yeah. at that point is is slim, and the yeah the, the stress. Um, and this is I guess this is why things like the uh, the Pacific Players Association and also the Pacific Rugby Players um, Welfare Group have got together yep. because you, yes, sometimes you do get put in those in, in some real difficult situations like that. Yep. Yeah, and you know they would have been real handy um, if they were formed back then because um, 
you know, I, I had bills to pay, you know, the family to feed. There was uh, my son in France was my second child as well. So, uh, you know, it was really stressful at the time and, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and all I needed was someone just to have a chat to and, you know, and, and say, hey, look, this is what, you know, what can happen. We can put a plan together. You know, you can um, find some work in the meantime. Everything's going to be okay. You know, just someone to talk to and give you reassurance that everything's going to be okay and, and offer that support. And that's really important, I believe, uh, especially nowadays uh, with the with the massive pressure put on players, especially those with, with the families. Um, and, it, and, it, and it may not need to be someone who has rugby experience, just someone that you can talk to. Because I felt um, that um, I didn't really have any anyone that I could uh, really open up about it as well, about it too. So, um, you know, having that, um, having that support around those special times is really important. Yeah, I mean, we're mm. talking, in, and just put there in some of the context, we're talking about uh, an established international who's beginning to the Rugby World Cup, who's been playing in the Galactico team of its time, and suddenly, I, and mm. do you think about the guys who have, who aren't internationals who are over there? I jeez, you're in, if they're even in a more precarious state. I mean, people look at international people, international players, when you look at someone like, jeez, uh, oh, I'm just trying to think now, um, I mean, Nadolo would be another one um, who was over there. Again, you think, oh, well, he's an established international. He's got professional contract. Everything's sweet with him. It's mm-hmm. the guys further down that are the problem. And you actually, no, you guys, it, it's, yeah, there's, there's, there's unseen things going on across mm-hmm. the board um, for rugby players. Um, my little rounds. So, yeah, um, a year at Harlequins. <laughs> with, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, had a season at Harlequins. Um I was. Uh, so did you did you take the family back, or did you have to, or did the family stay? Oh here no, no so the, the family stayed. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, because uh, I wasn't sure. It was only a one year mm. over Harlequins, and I didn't want to take them over. And then, you know, I didn't find anything after that. And es- then, especially after France, yeah, the- yeah, especially after France. So um, they stayed behind, and they they were settled back in New Zealand, uh, especially with the support they they had with um, the family as well um, around them, and. Um, yeah, so I had an interesting time at Harlequins. Really enjoyed that. Great bunch of boys. Uh, loved the culture as well, um, and a good experience as well to, um, you know, be playing in the in the Premiership, um, <clears throat> exposed to a new, um, you know, environment, playing professional playing environment over in England, and learn, learn a few things as well. Um, so and, players and, like Danny Kerr, Chris Robshaw, probably yeah, coming, Danny, coming through yeah, at that sort of so time. So it was all their, their first year. So Danny Kerr got. Um, I went pretty much to cover for him when he was away. So he it was his first year in there. Chris Robshaw, who uh, probably, yeah, he was just coming into his, his peak uh, then. Um, Ugo Monye as well was there. Um, what else did they have in the front row? Um, what's his name? He just got banned for bloody um, the prop, English prop for um oh yeah well joe, joe mala I, I, I yeah joe mala yeah 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 joe mala so he was I, I on the academy thought, over there so yeah i was gonna say i thought that, that, yeah i thought we sorry yeah before probably joe mala joe sinclair yeah just so before they, um, just before they yeah. were coming through and um yep they're, they're all in the academy so it was yep. pretty cool seeing those guys you know make it make it to top because the academy boys here yeah, they you know they they get paid peanuts and they gotta do pretty much the you know the full training as as a top team so uh, yeah, he's he's done really well for himself, which is awesome to see. Um, so yeah, they had a, they had a good bunch there, and they, it was good that they uh, they won the premiership as well because they had been playing some really good code um, prior to that. And then that so same year, that they had their whole bloodgate um, bloody uh, situation with yep. the um, with Dean Richards having to um, resign from his um, position. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot happened that year. So you got yourself a champion, a, a champions medal that year. No, 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 no. Oh, there, wasn't, oh, there wasn't that season. Okay, uh, it was. Yeah, it was um, which, a few which seasons season after that. Right. Yeah, that was 2012, I think they won. Um, but yeah, so after that, um, after that, uh, Harlequins. Uh, yeah, I had a pretty pretty awesome opportunity so we were finishing up then I was heading back home and I got a phone call from uh, Epi Taoni. Um he was at Harlequins at the time as well and he was finishing up and um, he called and goes oh hey you know 
there's an opportunity to, to be in a Hollywood film. And I was like, oh, okay, what's this? What's this about? And he goes, oh, we got to, we got to, uh, we got to go, go into London and uh, we've got to audition. All we need to do is just do the haka. And I was like, well, what's the film called? And he was, he goes, oh, it's called Invictus. And he told me about the film and I was like, oh, well, okay. And I go, oh, so how did, you know, I go, how did, how did you find out about this? And he goes, oh, he's got a good mate that's really good friends with, um, oh, but I forgot the director's name now. Uh, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh, well, okay. yeah yeah and i thought he was taking the piss and then he picked me up we went into to london and then went into the auditioning room and had all these people there and then there was four of us so we had to go in one by one and do the haka and uh yeah i had to keep a straight face because I, I couldn't stop laughing because just the whole you know i didn't i didn't believe it was real yep so we got through that and then um yeah uh, a couple of days later, we we're on a business class flight to uh, South Africa, Johannesburg. We spent uh, seven days over there as a pretty much as a you know a lister, <laughs> getting treated as not as a um, as an extra, but we were you know staying at the same hotel as um, Morgan Freeman and Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Yep. Oh wow! And uh, had our own rooms, and there were flashes, and got pocket money every day, and we we were, it was awesome, man. That was an awesome experience, rubbing shoulders with Matt Damon, and you know, on the set, um, mm-hmm. in between takes and stuff, and just a, an awesome guy to be around, and amazing. Uh, Morgan Freeman as well, having all the chats with him. Uh, yeah, so that was one, you know, one um, real amazing experience that I got to. So the, the the only time you've worn an All Blacks jersey? Yeah, the only time I've worn All Blacks jersey. <laughs> and I was uh, I was acting as uh, Jamie Joseph. I had in the the long sleeves. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And then yeah, headed back headed back home after that, straight from um, South Africa, straight straight home to Auckland. And then down to uh, down to Bay of Plenty. And then, yeah, right. then that's about plenty. So two years down there. Um, and uh, that was that was pretty cool because it was a totally different environment to what I was used to in, in Auckland. Oh, pardon me. Um, so in our downtime down there, um, down there, we would go hunting, fishing, surfing. So things that I wasn't used to being up here in the Big Smoke. And um, being a city boy, yeah. Yeah, being a city boy. So we had a really good season down there in the bay. Uh, one of our one of the best seasons that I've had. Um, and managed to get uh, Mike Delaney and uh, Tanero Latsuma and uh, into the All Blacks that year. So a lot of positives from that. And I really enjoyed it. And then got a uh, Chiefs contract uh, after that season as well. So, yes. Um, yes, that's what, that's 2010 and... Yeah, 2010. And... So that's before, that, that's before their titles, right? Yeah, just before their titles. I think when they won it, 12 and 13? That's, yes, that's yeah, that yep. yeah, yeah. Then, um, yeah, played that year with the Chiefs um, there. And then um, after that, uh, got that contract with Exeter. Spent um, four years over there. Mm. The, uh, then, uh, now, the, there's a lot talked about. I mean, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm wearing my Exeter Chiefs jersey here or, or, or polo shirt. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah uh, um, full disclosure, they are my team. Um, but the... <laughs> There's, there's a lot spoken about the culture that Rob Baxter has ingrained there. Um, mm. How a lot of the guys, I mean, players like, um, I think probably come through, or probably might have been academy guys when you were there, but people like yeah. Jack Nowell and Luke Kowandicki, mm. who went to um, uh, preschool sure. together um, yeah. and, and have come through from, from Cornwall. Mm. The... How, is is it is it all a bit PR talk, or or, or was there a different uh, a different kind of uh, culture there to to than than you experienced say at um, at Harlequins, which was the other your other English experience? Yeah, so obviously Harlequins being over and and you know in big uh, big London, um, and then coming down to to Exeter, who were in there first year in the Premiership, and and it was a totally different environment. Um, they run a really good. Um, good club down there, um, led by Rob, Rob Baxter, and um, <clears throat> they they are driven by you know the the old school core values of you know 
working hard, uh, playing for each other, you know, respect. And um, um, he recruits a lot of players that, uh, that have come from the championship and it, and it kind of shows. So he's not after the flashy top. Back then, when I was there, he wasn't after any of the the big names. He was after guys that you know didn't have didn't have didn't come from clubs with much resource or, or much money. But you know what they showed out the field was was as if they did. And uh, he recruited a lot of good players that, that came and did the job for him, especially in the early years. Um, and they grafted away. And, and just to see where they're at now, you know, I'm not surprised to be honest because uh, the the four years that I was there, you could see that what they were building was something that a lot of players wanted to be a part of. Not only players, but admin, administration, the wider community, sponsors, corporates, everything. And uh, as you can see, their whole setup now, the whole stadium, and then the new hotel being built right next door, it's absolutely incredible. And from what I've read, that they're, they're one of the very few clubs that have um, recorded a profit, um, financial profit. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're growing, and it's been 10 years since they've, They've been in the premiership, and you know they've won a premiership. They've been in the in the finals, but three years as well. So, um, yeah, in terms of recruitment, I think that's one of his his real good good strengths. Uh, Rob Rob Baxter and uh, Jack Knoll and Dave Yours and Luke Dickies and Slady. They're all in the in the in the uh, in the academy when I was there, and uh, you know <laughs> just you know. Um, Freaking out seeing them on TV, seeing um, Jack Noel playing for the Lions as well. When you know, I saw them right from the start when they came in, when they, you know, were skinny boys and you know, all pretty much new to the, the environment. And you know, I kind of took them under my wing as well because I spent a lot of time with them. Uh, so yeah, really, really proud of what, what they've achieved so far. Yeah, and the in your time there, you, you spent a lot of time being kind of traveling reserve and that kind of stuff and, and, and being a real club, yeah. Man. Um, mm. And uh, and the and, and obviously when you were there for four years, it sounds like and the way you talk about it, it like you had, a, you, had you, you enjoyed your time there, but you did have a bit of a uh, some issues with um, because the, the 2011 Rugby World Cup where yeah you, you wanted to go play for Samoa but they but Extra said no you can't and then you ended up sort of well uh, the news report I think was that you, you said you didn't get paid for you had to take a pay cut to go mm. to, to, to the Rugby World Cup which I think is totally wrong. But so that that didn't sour your your relationship with the club, or you managed to get through that. Yeah, um, well, uh, I was kind of prepared. Uh, so when I did sign that extension, it was under under the condition that I, I wouldn't be available for international anymore. Um, and that you know that was kind of you know I was kind of gutted about that because obviously the World Cup being being the following year. Um, but then when that opportunity came and, and some more coach called me and said, look, anyway, was there any way I could get out of, out of that and, and come along um, to the World Cup? And, and I said, oh, well, I have to speak to, to Rob. Yeah, I had a good chat with Rob and um, I had a few chats with him and uh, and he wasn't too happy. Uh, but then, you know, he, he changed his mind and said, okay, okay look, we'll, we'll let you go. Um, but, you know, we're not going to pay you. Um, you're going to have to... You know, find your own way there, and, and then come back. And you know, they were going to use that money to bring in someone else to cover me. And um, you know, at the time, I was, I was really thankful for that for him to, to let me go. But I was kind of disappointed as well because I was losing out, having to to pay for my family to fly back to New Zealand to, for the World Cup, and then not getting paid and having to survive on the on the income I was getting from Samoa, which obviously isn't very much. And it's been the same for the past. 20 years um, so that was always at the back of my head as well um, so uh, as much as I wanted to enjoy the World Cup I was like um, you know at the back of my head shucks you know I, I'm actually a full-time professional but I'm not getting paid by my from my club um, so I was trying not, not to think about that too much and then I had to pay you know our fears to go back as well mm-hmm. uh, and then when I did come back uh, that's when it all kind of turned sour um, I didn't get looking at all. Uh, they ended up signing on that um, Patrick Phibbs, who came in to cover for me. They ended up signing him on for the rest of the season. Yep. Um, I don't know if that was to piss me off or, or just to <laughs> not be included, but you know there wasn't. Well, I believe there wasn't really any because I was there. 
and having him there as well, that was just an extra halfback. So one of us was, was definitely going to, you know, not be involved. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, for the rest of that year, you know, I, I kind of just sat back and said, oh, look, you know, I was going to face reality and, and accept that I'm not going to get a look in unless there's going to be injuries. And so I didn't want to turn up to training, you know, and, and pull a sook and, and not be involved in, you know, because everyone knew why I wasn't um, wasn't playing in, and involved in the first team. And um, I had some really good good guys there that were supporting me along the way and say, hey, look, it is what it is, you know, just try and just try and get on with it and see the, the positive side of it. And because I was one of the older guys, one of the positives was that I could be able to help develop and mentor the young ones coming through and just being a really good club team man. Mm. Uh, and then the coaching aspect came into play as well. So I was doing a coaching course there and I was coaching at um, Exeter University with one of the players. We were coaching the third grade team. So I thought, oh, okay, why not use this time to actually develop, you know, my coaching skills. Um, and one of the coaches was quite influential uh, during my time there towards the end was uh, Ricky Ricky Pello, the yep. uh, skills coach. So he's he's awesome, man. And he's, you know, full of energy. He's always came at, coming up with all these different kinds of drills, trying to be innovative. Some skills probably not that great, but, you know, he's always giving, giving it a go. And uh, he plays a massive you know key part he might not be involved um uh with the a team uh with the top team quite a bit but the work that he does with the development and uh, the skills and everything else with the players coming through he's a massive part of that um of that coaching group and he, he's doing a really good job and he definitely you know the work he does he compliments um al um uh, ali ali heifer and, okay. and rob baxter so they're all doing they all work really really well together yeah, that's and hence they're still they're still together and they're still they're signed up for yeah. even longer. Yeah. The um, mm. but I mean, look, it's it, it's a real testament to your character. I mean, I, I was um on the powwow, which is the the the, the, the fans oh, forum, okay. um a lot of that in, in in those days, and there was nothing coming through or in the rumor mills about what was going on with you. Um, so yeah, uh, well, so real testament to your character yeah. and, and, and well done mm. through that time. The um, but that coaching. Um, or, or was kind of was lining up for your post your your post career, isn't it? Because what because as you've come out of rugby, you've mm-hmm. you've done a, you've uh, you got involved in a lot of coaching uh, and also in community work as well. Yeah. So um, so when I came back, uh, so after Exeter, I came back in 2013 in May and went to my local club, um, Peptoy. Uh, that's where a lot of the boys were at. So I went there uh, out in South Auckland, went there and caught up with the coach, uh, Luke Mialamu, who is Kevin's um, older brother. We had a good chat and he said, hey, look, um, it's funny you come back because um, Auckland Rugby, you just speak to Wayne Pivak and Pivak said that they're looking for a halfback. And so at that training, he got on the phone and called Pivak and said, oh, hey, uh, you know, JP's back. Um, would you be keen? And then he set up a meeting and then me and Pivak caught up and then signed a contract to play for Auckland that year, that year when I got back, 2013, and then played 2014 as well for Auckland. So, so that whole transition. If anyone <laughs> thinks that it's uh, that, that it's all pre-planned and all... <laughs> and all yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot, well, a, a lot of things pretty, come down to yeah, who, who you happen yeah. to talk to at what time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'm pretty thankful for Luke for, for you know, setting that up. And um, it, was, it was pretty much a perfect transition for me. Uh, after coming back because after that four years in Exeter came back with the family and I said oh look you know I'm not gonna not gonna try looking for another contract because you know I'm getting older and I don't want to move the family again so we came back and you know I said you know I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do Um, and having that um, semi-pro contract with Auckland was probably ideal Um, and then that led me into getting a full-time role with the with the rugby club uh, with Peptoi Firstly, as the um, community rugby development officer, and then a couple of years after that, that led into being the director of rugby. Only because um, I had got uh, shoulder tapped by one of the other top clubs in Auckland to jump on board as their director, uh, which I was pretty, I was really grateful for, and you know, kind of um, kind of showed me that I was doing some good work out in Pep, and they wanted me to do the same over there. 
But um, I had, you know, established a lot of good relationships in PAP and, and did a lot of good work in the community. And I didn't want to just chuck that away. And I was, you know, really passionate about South Auckland and, you know, providing opportunities. And I didn't want to, you know, just let that all go. You're not just training the first team at... Um... Or working with the first team of Papatoe, are you? You, you are. No, you're, you're looking at. Yeah. You're, you're working with kids who have, who perhaps aren't in, haven't got necessarily got the best uh, family situations and stuff, and helping them through and uh, and working yeah. with the community <clears throat> down there in South Auckland. Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, obviously we come. A lot of our families here, you know, uh, um, are not rich. A lot of the the parents are working uh, two jobs. Uh, they don't have much. Some of them don't even. Um, you know, have boots of training or, or proper running or proper training gear. So I get a lot to a lot of our local schools and, and I, I go and help out. And I really try to use rugby as a, a vehicle for these guys to uh, to believe in themselves, uh, to believe that, you know, if you work hard at training or if you, you know, become a team member, um, if you respect each other, you know, all of these, you know, these are all life skills that you can use, you know, in life in general. And, and just being that person that wasn't around when we were at school as well. So that's really fulfilling for me uh, with the job that I do. It's, um, you know, the the money on top of that that I do get paid. I'm pretty fortunate to be getting what I am getting paid. Um, and But at the end of the day, um, it's an impact that I have within our community. And I've been there for seven going on to seven years now and I've seen a lot of the boys that I've worked with at under 14 level at school even the juniors I still do a lot of work with the juniors so I've seen them when they finish up at juniors at under 13 level I've been there long enough for them to come back when they finish school so you know I'm still connecting with them at junior level and then when they go to the local high school I'm still keeping in touch because I see them around the school when I'm coaching other teams and then it's awesome to see them come back when I recruit them back into club level and, and that's, so that's that massive picture. because w- w- mm. one of the, one of the big things that um, that I've heard and, and, and uh, I'm down here in Hamilton, but talk, talking to various clubs is that the um, is, is obviously the, the kids get come come through through the age grades uh, at the other clubs. They then leave the club go, mm. uh, when they go to high school. They play rugby in first fifteen at high school, and then you probably you've got to try and get them back into the clubs. Mm. Um, to, to, to obviously to come back to your first team and that can be once they've gone away coming back to the club can be can be difficult so yeah that, that work is is invaluable for the club yeah. for the next 10 or 15 years because they're going to be they yeah they're going to be stalwarts if you can get them back in again yeah yeah absolutely yeah so stalwarts loyal club members they're the ones um i don't i to be fair, there are still some challenges in trying to get our players back because with the massive decline in participation, everyone's fighting over, you know, players. Um, and a lot of the players, uh, when they leave school, that are, are still wanting to be involved in club rugby, a lot of those players are from South Auckland. And so all those clubs are reaching out, you know, trying to scramble, you know, within our, within the region that I'm trying to hold on to. Uh, and then it's also... Because we're the most southern club, we're on the borderline of counties. We've got those neighbouring counties clubs that are also coming into our region and taking our players. So, you know, the players that I do end up with or do manage to recruit or to retain, I feel that I do pretty good considering all those factors that are coming in. Uh, but it also just goes to show that, you know, the, the culture that we have at the club and the, the environment we're providing. Um, and I'm not trying to. Ideally, we we want to win a championship with our premier team. We want to win the Gallo Shield. But if we can, you know, be sustainable, have good numbers at, at club level, at senior level, have our juniors thriving as well, because the juniors are the future of our club, because that's where it all starts. They leave to go school, and then they come back. Um, but last year we posted the highest growth in Auckland uh, with our junior numbers out of all the clubs, which was a massive positive. And a lot of that we did uh, survey, and a lot of that came down to uh, the culture of the club, uh, word of mouth as well, which is a big one, and recruitment and um, social media. So doing some good things at the club, and it comes down to a lot of our volunteers as well. And that's a whole other issue around volunteers and having you know good people on board. Um, so the volunteers that we do have, really grateful for their for their time as well. 
Yeah, because you don't have the money of someone like uh, like your College Rifles yeah. or your Ponsonby or even um, oh, Marist as well. As Marist, Pakaranga, yeah. Um, the the um, yeah Pakaranga, which is where I think um, uh, Dwayne is going to go back and um, mm. and, and and play some club rugby between his Major League Rugby pieces. Um, do you see any of your players actually heading over to Major League Rugby or from, from your first? This uh, is a yeah, there is. Well, we got now uh, Samoan international, D'Angelo Lewila, mm-hmm. um, who should have been on that 2019 World Cup. He should have. Well, I believe he should have been. He was the best Samoan team. No disrespect to Susi uh, PC, who was a good friend of mine, but um, D'Angelo was, you know, clearly the best team um, that should have been, you know, taken, but Jacko had other ideas. Um, so we have him. We have another uh, player, Josh Tafili, who just needs a crack. He's been, he had the most tackle breaks, the most line breaks in the competition uh, last year. Devastating runner with the ball um, and just needs a break. So he's another one. He was part of that Samoan team in the Global Rapid Rugby competition that got caught off yep. after one game. So he had trained really hard for that. So yeah, I went, I went down and watched the, the preseason game between um, China Lions and, um, oh, okay. and, yes. the, and the Samoa team down in. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. yep. Well, we had a red yep. card for a punch. Oops. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was silly. I saw that as well. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't good. That wasn't no. good. Uh, Actually, what, what, yeah. what, what do you think of the rule, the, the, the law changes that they put into Global Rapid Rugby with things like quicker scrums, quicker line outs? Yeah, I saw long, that. Uh, um, it's not as long as a seven minute game. Uh, you can't kick it out in the full. Yep. Um, if you do, then it's a line out to the opposition team or something where, like that. But where, yeah, where, it's, uh, it's, it's lines from the opposition where you kicked it from. So even, yeah, even, yeah, even right. if you kick it out of your 22, yeah. Sorry, just to explain for the, the, the audience. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And then they also have the if you kick it from your own 22 into the other, or from your own half into the opposition's 22 and it bounces and goes out, you get the line out. You get the line out, yeah. yeah. So um, it rewards the, the attacking team and, mm. you know, there's opportunities to keep the ball and play longer, which is. Which is, um, you know, better entertainment for the fans, uh, get better engagement. So yeah, I quite like it. You got to be super fit, but um, you know, there is yeah, there is room for you know the big boys to be dominant at scrum time and, and win your set piece. Uh, but it's just a shame, obviously, with this uh, pandemic that you know they had to cut it short. But um, yeah, and there's opportunities there for World Rugby to you know jump on around the uh, the law changes. Yeah, there's some interesting. Well, I, I was, I'll be honest, I was skeptical at first, but actually seeing it played in the flesh, uh, it's still mm. real rugby. That you're not, yeah. um, it's not a razzmatazz uh, kind of. It doesn't, it doesn't become sort of festival rugby. It is still real rugby. Uh, there is yep. still big hits, and uh, the, the set piece does matter. So, yeah, no, I, I think they're, they're interesting, interesting ones. Talking of the the pandemic and obviously the shutdown, um, the I know there's been concern around a lot of the clubs. Uh, and, they're, and uh, how they're going to cope because obviously a lot of the money that comes into the clubs club scene uh, in rugby comes from either um, from the, uh, the the gambling up on trusts um, and yeah. also from the um, yeah. uh, also basic money over the bar. Now those are two things obviously going to dry up. Uh, mm. So it's uh, how is um, how is your club? Are they going to are they yeah coping? Yeah, good question. Um... Yeah, so myself and some others, we actually had a Zoom meeting with the other directors of rugby from the other Auckland clubs. Uh, it's just a catch up to see how we're doing and well, you know what we're doing with in terms of uh, player engagement and um, and coaches as well. Um, so a lot of us, um, some clubs do have cash reserves um, in case the funds from ARU or the gaming, the trust funds do dry up. Uh, but a club like us, we don't we don't have much money, and we solely you know rely on on the funding that we do get. Um, so we've managed to secure funding till uh, around August. Um, so we're hoping to you know for the season to kick off, so we can start getting some more funds in, and obviously people can start putting some more coins in the poker machine, so the, the, the gaming trusts um, do get some some funds. Uh, uh, to give out to the local communities, but yeah, there's you know a few worrying times for us. But you know, after the um, the announcement by the PM last night, you know, it's, it's definitely um, you know leaves you optimistic that you know we are getting out of this and we could be out on the field pretty soon. 
Yeah, so for those that don't know, the, the, the club season is from March through till sort of yeah, August so the, yeah. time normally? Uh, from August to, oh, so from March, end of March to July. Um, end of July they have the 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 Gala Shield final and then from August to October that's the, the rep season so, you so might they and that kind of stuff yep. yeah so there are talks around a, a club season being played around uh, July to September or even possibly going into October yeah so hence the things like the Heartland Championship have been already cancelled so, yeah. so yeah. the club season is going to happen at a different time of year which is going to be interesting yep. for, for everyone to, mm. to, to, to see how that works um I see also that you've uh, you've done some coaching with the uh, with, with some of the age grade or some of the the, the levels in, within Auckland rugby. What are your do you have coaching aspirations to to to, to go to high levels or, or what's what are your? Yeah, I've I've, I've thought about it. Uh, I'm really passionate about coaching, but I feel my strengths lie within the development space. So around the the youth age group and. Developing them, and uh, especially the players that have aspirations to go to a higher level, and preparing them for you know what it takes to when they reach um, that high level of um, professional rugby. So um, I've been coaching the Auckland under 19s um, down at Tapo, been involved in, done a lot of school first of thing coaching as well, and uh, I really enjoy it. You know, uh, obviously. Um, I'd love to be coaching professionally full time, you know, um, but uh, that, that's a pretty stressful job, and there's not many, you know, full time pro jobs in, in New Zealand, especially if there. There's only five Super Rugby teams, but if I did, uh, if I was keen to get into full time coaching, I'd definitely be overseas somewhere, especially um, in those countries where rugby is emerging, and you know, they they take it seriously, like obviously um, America and their. MLR um, new competition, so they'll they'll be cool, but um, yeah, uh, maybe one day in the future I'd love to coach Samoa as well. Oh wow, that's uh, that, yeah, you've you've got yeah some, some the competitive spirit still there. To uh, I can, I can yeah. see the um, I also see you've been involved with um, 929 Fitness and you're still and uh, Stronghold Fitness. So are you is 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 what is is that a is that a gym setup or what's what what what's so there was a uh, a local gym that uh, I partnered up with a, a good friend of mine uh, back in 2015 and we opened up a, a little studio uh, where we focused on group training um, and we ran that for about four years and then we closed that up because we both had full time jobs as well and that was on the side and we just felt that you know in order for us to we weren't you know giving it the the attention that, that it needed. And um, things with our full-time jobs were getting a bit hectic and then with our own families as well and something had to give. Uh, so we decided to close up shop and, and just focus on our, our full-time jobs and our families and kind of relief, you know. Um, in hindsight, it was, it was probably a big ask. But at the time, you know, we felt, you know, we, we could we could do it. Uh, but it was a good learning, learning experience and uh, met a lot of good people along the way as well, but also gave us a, a good insight on, on, you know, how to set up a business and how to, how to run it. But, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I take off my hat for all those who have started up a business and, and have managed to remain open. I feel, you know, for those especially around this time as well, because, you know, um, there's going to be a lot of businesses that are, that are going to be closing up and, and not reopening because of this. No, absolutely, and uh, but mm. it's, it's, I mean a lot of. Uh, I mean, Aaron Smith, for example, he's he also opens up a, a fitness studio. Um, obviously, being an all black, he's a bit more cash behind mm. to do that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, but um, yeah, it, it is it is a space that, uh, that that quite a few players have um, have moved into in, mm. in the past. So yeah, I'd get some. yeah, yeah, and, and it's you know, and it's uh, the audiences here. Obviously, health and well being is being a you know playing a big part in in, in our lives and. Um, yeah, if you're really passionate and you're dedicated and motivated to keep it going, then man, there's definitely opportunities there to really grow your business. <laughs> Sorry, uh, my my, uh, my my housemate is is is, is, is oh. doing a supermarket run and she's going. Do you want me? Do you want? Do I want to get anything? So <laughs> yeah. um, she doesn't realise what I'm what I'm up to at the moment. Um, the and, uh, and and I guess the other thing also, I mean, obviously, you're dealing with the community quite a lot. One of the big things about as you say d- down in South Auckland, you've got lots of uh, it's big Pacifica. Uh, population and a, a lot of the ways that uh, culturally you, you, you're used to socializing in big family groups how mm. are you finding that or uh, what, what sort of feedback from the community and uh, is getting from 
coping with this this lockdown and not being able to have those big family gatherings? Yeah, it's been really tough, especially obviously uh, religion being a big part of our, our culture. Um, so a lot of the um, churches have gone to online churches where, you know, thankfully for Facebook, um, they set up private groups where they can do online um, services on, on Facebook, which is really good. And um, with the, you know, the first generation of migrants here, those are the ones that really try to educate around the importance of staying staying at home, you know, being safe in your bubble, not extending your bubble, you know, and and all those things. And it's, you know, us second and third generation, um, you know, having to educate that on on them. And there's been, that's why the government's put a lot of um, funding behind uh, the advertising and the messaging around um, around those key things about sending about the um, alert level four, and um, there's a lot of services around um, targeting Maori and Pacifica, especially around that. There's a lot of support um, for food and and things like that, because um, there's a lot of our elders that you know aren't on Facebook or social media, don't even have the internet, and they still you know use the old school radio to you know. Uh, find out information about what's going on in the real world or they wait for relatives or, or family to go over and yeah. talk about what's been happening. So that's the that's the only way they, they could find out. But obviously with um you know with the strict rules around um essential travel and, and going into someone else's bubble makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. But there are services out in, in South Auckland that, you know, help support that where they can go over and knock on the door and just check up on our on our elders. But it's yeah, it's been pretty tough, um, especially with funerals and, and things like that, um, you know, where a lot of our, our people get together and have those gatherings, and it's, it's been, you know, hard to take, but it is what it is, and, and in order for us to, you know, look after the next generation and the generation after that, you know, that's that's what this generation really needs to do, yeah. do their part. And it's interesting, it, yeah, and it's, as you say, it's... Uh, it's also a culture where we respect your elders and, and, and now the elders haven't been told what to do. I guess mm. there's going to be a few of them that, that aren't going to take that too well. But hopefully, mm. yeah, hopefully they stay safe because it is, yeah, it's for all of us to, to do. Mm. Um, thank you. This has been a, a fascinating chat. Um, if uh, people want to engage with you on social media and stuff, do you, because you, and, um, and where, where's your, actually, where's, where's your club? Where's the best way to get in touch with the club as well? Because you said you, you get in, you you getting in touch with the community via, via social media as well yeah so if you um we're on facebook on instagram on twitter if they search uh Papatoto rugby football club we're on there you can easily find us we, we're quite active on social media and uh, our website as well uh we have a website you can just search us on google and that pops up um and then also you can catch up with me on on twitter on um social media um under jip too easy um jip to EZY, or just type in my name, you'll be able to find me. But more than you know, happy to connect with um, you know the the fans and supporters that I've I've met in the past, and even those who I haven't, but have been supporters of the clubs that I've I've played at. You know, that's what I really love about rugby is that you know you can connect with so many different people, and and they bring up things from the past that you might not remember, but it's, uh, it could be something small, but it's massive to them, and that that's that's what I love about rugby the most. Well, thank you very much. As I said at the beginning, uh, this has been an interview I've been wanting to do for about four or five years. Um, it's been an absolute uh, absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Um, thank you, and, Paul. Um, everybody, please like the page or subscribe if you're listening to the podcast. Um, as we've heard, uh, Junior played for Bay of Plenty, and I'm interviewing Mike Rogers, who is the Bay of Plenty CEO. Um, so uh, if you uh, so mm. stick around for that interview as well, uh, and you can catch up on all the Long Talk interviews on the Facebook page. Thank you very much. Cheers, Paul. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.